Welcome to another Sunday experience at Resurgent Church. Each time we gather, whether it be online or in person at Resurgent, our mission is to see hearts revived, relationships restored, culture reformed, and nations reawakened. Today, as you listen, it's our prayer that something within you comes alive to the things of God, whether it be His great love for you or the good things He has planned for your future. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon. Well, as we continue today on the Kingdom series, I'm so excited to be sharing about an unshakable kingdom. Look, I know right now in people's lives, people are experiencing trauma, polarization, the unknown, fear in every single area with the season that we're in, in many different ways and many different forms. And yet the Bible says that his kingdom is unshakable. And when we're in that kingdom and we're a citizen of that kingdom, then God's called us to be unshakable, even in shakable times. So I want to speak about that today, how the kingdom of God is unshakable and where our place and part is to play in it. I do know for sure that we need to be praying for our governments, our leaders in government. But I also know that the kingdom of God that we're teaching about will never succumb to the kingdom or the kingdom's governments that we see here on earth. Look, we need to pray for them. I think of our premier. If he knew a year before he went for election, (laughs) knowing what was happening, he'd probably be like, nah, I'll wait till after that to step into, into service in that way. I mean, it has been a difficult time for every leader, whether political, church, business, marketplace leader, it's been tough for every leader in this season. And it's been hard to know what to do and how to do it. And so even though I haven't agreed with everything that our government has done, I'm definitely praying for them because it's been a tough gig, probably more than we've seen in a very long time. Do you know that God will always remain sovereign and in control? Always remain sovereign and in control. He has been from the beginning and he's going to continue to be. But does that mean that we have any place in the story of God's kingdom come. Where do we have a place with that? The kingdoms of this world and their economies are shaking, but Hebrews promises us in Hebrews 12 verse 26 to 29 some pretty important things. It says, at that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. If we're not shaken, we'll remain. Therefore, and verse 28 says, I love therefore. Therefore, it's like a pivot, a turning point. Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, Let us give thanks by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe. I love that. A reverence and awe. We bring our worship. For indeed, our God is a consuming fire. What I love about that is a consuming fire is it's alive. It's taking ground. It brings heat. There is so much to fire. And here's a consuming fire not just in and of who he is, but he has that for us as well and mankind. He loves us so much. 
We're going to deep dive today in what even a kingdom is, especially when we want to see the God-given authority that we have been given to possess the kingdom. Not even just possess the kingdom, but to find our place in the kingdom. But we're also called pilgrims waiting for a heavenly kingdom. And I'm going to be sharing a bit about that. This whole uh, scripture around pilgrims has been so helpful to me through this season. So how do we live in the tension of both? Because really life is about tension. Let's get honest about this. Life is about tension. There is tension when it comes to how you walk through marriage, family, careers, uh, work, uh, health, life. Everything is a tension and it's finding the middle ground to be able to be able to keep moving forward. So what's the tension when it comes to building the kingdom and being a pilgrim, walking through no matter what's happening around us. Hebrews 11 verse 13 says, and this has been really powerful for me through this season. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. Let's remember, we're not going to get everything. We're not going to receive everything. We believe for everything, but also understanding that God's called us to, for, to be a seed to some things, to water others, to harvest others. We're not just harvesters. We're also seeders, planters, and waterers. We're not going to be able to receive it all. For some, we'll set up for the next generation and the generation before. Others have set that up for us that we are receiving or going to receive. But I love that because it also helps us to not live in disappointment when God's called us to live in our appointment, our God appointment, and understanding we're not always going to receive what we think. But having seen them afar off, we're assured of them, embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they came from or came out of, they would have opportunity to return. But now they desire, it's just like us, we've come from Australia, but we're choosing to live in Canada. But And we could return, but we've chosen to stay. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called God Sorry, to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So the kingdom of God, as we bring heaven to earth, we're called to build that for those that don't know God yet and for those that do. But those that do, we have like pilgrims, we are walking through time. We are walking through the events of history that we're in, knowing that we're not subject to because we have a different destination point which is heaven. But we're not called to live for heaven now. We're called to bring heaven now to where we live as we build the kingdom before then one day we enter the city that he has created for us. So how do we take kingdom ground and stay a pilgrim? How do we stay unshakable walking through what's happening around us as pilgrims, but at the same time, stopping and stewarding the kingdom of God that he's given us. So the first thought is authority, authority. Remember the authority of God from the beginning of time because heavenly government was God's original design. Heavenly government was God's original design. Simply stated, the Bible is about a king 
a kingdom and a royal family of children, which is us. Yay! Its story and message are about the desire of a king to extend his kingdom to new territories through his royal family. That's why the Bible says in the Old Testament and the New Testament, he is building a kingdom of priests. He's the king. Now, I've spoken about kings and priests before and, and so on and so forth. And what I'm learning even more, so I love about the Bible, is that we're all priests. That's what we're called to be. But we're called to take the kingly authority of God on our lives to be able to rule and reign with grace and favor on this earth. It's just a, it's a different understanding. Now, if you haven't come from a nation with a king uh, and a kingdom or a queen, therefore it makes it a little bit harder to understand. But that's what we're going to delve in today to help to understand this whole concept. Its story and message are about the desire of a king to extend his kingdom to new territories through his royal family, as I just said. It's about the extension of that to include more people into the royal family. Government was first established by the command and mandate of God to Adam and incorporates the need to order, to work, to oversee, to guard, and to protect. That's what it was all about to Adam that God gave him to steward. Genesis 1 verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image. And when it says man, not just me as a man, but mankind, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over see them. So therefore, you know, both man and woman are made in the image and likeness of God. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over the all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So I always joke, if there's creeps in your life, you have dominion and authority over them in Jesus' name. And maybe call the authorities if you have any creeps in your life that you need to get rid of. But the first command given to man by his creator was to establish a government on the earth to destroy chaos and maintain order. We don't want to live in chaos. The devil, the enemy works in chaos. We're not called to work in chaos. We're called to work in peace that comes through order. Government is God's solution to disorder. Now, I'm not talking about the government we're in right now. The whole concept, understanding of government that he brings. Now, God's intention for earth was to be governed by heaven and to be an expression of his kingdom. So governed by, we're supposed to be a colony of heaven. Now, I know like in my first message, this doesn't always bring up great thoughts with some people because of history. But we're not talking about how man took that concept and used and abused it in many different ways. We're talking about the original concept of colonization, that we, Earth, is a colony called to be a colony of heaven. I love that thought, an expression of his kingdom here. So the first thought is remember God's authority. That's how we walk as pilgrims through everything that's happening while stewarding the kingdom of God. It's his authority that we submit to understanding that as we, as we walk in that and as we bring the expression of that to where we are, his kingdom can flourish. The second is trust. This is actually a lot to do with us. In God we trust because governments will rise and fall. Now, 
Regardless of what government is in place, the Bible says to pray for your leaders. We don't have to agree with everything. And there are times definitely when we need to use our rights as citizens to protest, to get our voices heard, uh, to uh, so on and so forth. But what I love about this is no matter what government is in place, it will rise and fall. We have a liberal government for one season, and then we have a conservative government. Then we might have a liberal government again, or even another government. You look through over all the years through different nations and different kingdoms and different democracies, how they come and go. But God's government and who he is remains. We need to trust in his government regardless of the season that we're in and as pilgrims, the timeline that we're walking through. Romans 15 verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. See, that's that's who he is. That's his mandate for us to fill us, the God of hope, with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So as we trust in him, he's able to. It's not like he then does because we're good or good boys or girls. No, no, it's when we have trusted him, we've opened ourselves to his peace, to his joy and his hope so that you may overflow with hope. And don't we need to be overflowing with hope right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of Holy Spirit. I'm trying in my own life to stop saying the, I don't say the God or the Jesus but we somehow say the Holy Spirit. And in the context of what the Bible's saying, it, it makes sense. But remembering as we speak to him and include him and are led by him, he is Holy Spirit. That he, that's who he is. I love that by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't we need the power of the Holy Spirit more than ever? Amen. Come on. Can you, can you give me an amen for that today? It is often difficult to talk about the kingdom in this country because we don't live directly under the reign of a monarchy. Plus, even in the nations that do live directly under a monarchy, it is such an earthly example of that monarchy. In a monarchy, the king or the queen has the power to give, uh, has the power, has the power and can give it to whomever he or she chooses to. So whatever power they have, they have the choice to who they give power to and who they don't. All other governments are formed by casting a vote or by launching a revolution. So we've seen that happen in the past. In the final analysis, all human governments are substitutions for the ideal. No matter how good these governments might be, they're never the ideal of the way God has created government. Let's briefly look at governments here on earth, a few, because this will help us to understand why we need a revelation of the kingdom of God. The first one is feudalism. Feudalism describes a governing or ruling system that was established by virtue of the power of ownership. The feudal system was just like an ecosystem. Without one level, the entire system would fall apart. That's why those at the top were so uh, paranoid about those at the bottom, because those at the bottom didn't do what their job was. They couldn't sit in power at the top. The hierarchies were formed of four main parts. You had the monarchs, kings, the queen, the ladies and lords, the nobles, the knights, and then the peasants, the serfs, the servants, each of the levels depending on each other, sorry, depended on each other for their everyday lives. 
Then you have a dictatorship. Dictatorship is the form of government derived from the concept of divine authority, which is built on the belief that certain individuals are chosen by gods or by providence to rule the masses or certain individual and exercise authority over the less fortunate or so-called inferior people. We saw that with Nazi Germany as an example. We see that in other places around the world, unfortunately, still today. Communism. Communism is man's attempt to control land and people by the exercise of dictatorship. It seeks to accomplish this by attempting to legislate, legislate love and sharing, an approach that never succeeds because human nature cannot be forced to love or to care. And we saw that in Russia with uh, Lenin and Stalin. These behaviors resulted from natural motivation and internal convictions. No law can accomplish that. In essence, communism is an attempt to establish a kingdom without righteousness. Then we have socialism. Socialism substitutes the state for the king and attempts to control society for the benefit of society. So remember, these are all control-based. But the state loses its concern for the individual as it becomes more obsessed with its own power, just like we've seen in nations like China. Then we have democracy. Democracy has its roots in the writings of the Greeks and is viewed by many people, even those in the Western religions, as the perfect government. But in reality, America was built on rebellion against a kingdom. So America is one of the greatest democracies of our time. And yet it was built due to rebelling against a kingdom. Americans have never understood the potential power of a king and his kingdom because they were exposed to corrupt kings. Out of that fear, they created a system of rule that would limit the power of a single man, however, or, or woman. However, the fundamental problem of democracy is its very foundation, power and authority by majority rule. Unfortunately, human history shows man makes really poor gods. In short, democracy without accountability with one greater than the people is an exercise in moral roulette. Another flaw of democracy is that it's not absolute. Laws and concepts can move with the changing of the wind, easily influenced by the culture, which means those under democracy may easily give up their rights to those who rule over them. What was right 20 years ago is now wrong 20 years later. And so therefore, the majority must submit to that. And it polarizes. Oh my goodness, over the last couple of years, have we seen that? It swings from here to there and it has extremes. So what is the solution for heaven to invade our earth for the prayer to be answered, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? The Bible says you and I have a part to play with this. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So authority, understanding God's authority. Secondly, trusting in his government, even when we don't even trust ours at times. The third is partner. Partner. As citizens of a heavenly kingdom, we now play a part in partnering in God's government here on earth.
Understanding these earthly governments and all of their flaws must make us even more aware of the desire and the need for all humanity to know that there has to be more to life than we know right now and that there is a solution. You and I partnering with Jesus Christ to draw others into his kingdom. God is made king by right of creation and under his rule, we're not seen as servants or slaves, but as family, as sons and daughters. We are royal citizens of the divine kingdom. Now, can I just remind you that we're not against governments here. We actually need to be known for what we're for more than what we're against. We pray for leaders. We pray for governments. We have people in politics and so on in our community, and we pray for them to have a voice there. But we, our faith, who we are, we submit under the authority and the government of Christ. That's where our true government is. You know, God promised this from the beginning, Exodus 19, verse 5 to 6. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandment, uh, keep my covenant, then you, you will, sorry, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. He, prom- he prophesied about the coming king in Isaiah 9, verse 67. It said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, not the government of the land, the government of heaven will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. That time from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I love that. That's the government we can understand authority in, trust in, and partner with. As we begun this message reading Hebrews, let's read it again. Hebrews 12, starting from 28 this time. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, that's a promise for every single one of us, friend. It cannot be shaken. Therefore, if the kingdom can't be shaken, we don't need to be shaken. Let us give thanks. It's like I always say from the scripture, I can be stirred Sturd's okay, but I'm choosing to not be shaken. If you're a Bond fan, you'll get it. By which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For indeed, our God is a consuming fire. Just remember, he's a consuming fire. The Hebrews to whom this epistle was addressed to had suffered abuse and prosecution sorry, persecution in Hebrews 10, 32 to 33 and plundering of all of their possessions, 10 verse 34. But they knew that they possessed something better and more lasting, 10 verse 34, and would earn a great reward, 10 verse 35, and would ultimately through their endurance. Can I just encourage, encourage you, stay resilient and keep your endurance in this season. They received what was promised, 10 verse 36. Part of this endurance was their perseverance in their faith and fearlessness in the face of polarizing politics and challenges as Christ's followers, as seen in Hebrews chapter 11. Those who persevered are promised a heavenly reward of eternal rest 
in God's kingdom. Do you know what? We can have strife all around us and yet carry a rest within us. It's a really hard tension. That's why I want to encourage you to always see life as tension. We're never going to get a balance and we're never going to get it perfect. But we can live in the tension by the power of the Holy Spirit as we move things forward in our lives. This sense of being pilgrims on earth has really spoken to me through this season. But that does not mean I lay down and do nothing. It's been a battle to be both. Definitely. Like I spoke in my first message, there's times where I've wanted to give up and lost hope. There's times where sometimes I got religious in my mindset about certain things. And uh, and most of the time I'm trying to be a pilgrim that carries the presence of God that builds the kingdom of God through a very challenging time. It has been the most challenging year of my life, and I'm sure it has been for you as well in so many different ways. Let's be okay with at times not being okay, but being reminded where our authority is in, who we choose to trust and who we partner with. If we remain only with an eschatological Uh, one day when about the kingdom of heaven, then we will take no responsibility here on earth. We're here to not just wait for heaven to invade us. No, no, no. We have the responsibility to bring heaven to earth first in our own life and then with those around us. Consider the victories mentioned in Hebrews 11 verse 32 to 34. For time would fall Sorry, for time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. These achievements of faith had inspired justice administering action that are highlighted here in Hebrews. So let me leave you with this thought. As they went through persecution, they also were reminded of the great exploits. God has called us to live in the tension. Let Let me leave you with this thought. A life of faith is required to live as a pilgrim and still possess the kingdom entrusted to us. to to steward. It's an active waiting where you are stewarding God's kingdom. You can ask often, what is God, sorry, what is God's to do? What What is yours to do, God? And then what is mine to do? God, what is yours to do? And then what is mine to do? I can't answer that. But I do believe a life-giving relationship with the Holy Spirit is where he will show you how to possess and how to be a pilgrim. How do we build and possess for the kingdom of God, bringing heaven to earth, and how we stay pilgrims, priests, kingdom priests, walking through life with our kingdom mandate, knowing where our destination is. We must remember his authority, trust in him, and partner with his purposes here on earth. Let's carry the kingdom mandate as we stay pilgrims, walking through life, knowing that we are foreigners here, that we have citizenship in another country, that heaven is our destination. But until we get there, we're called to bring it to our earth. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for listening to our sermon series. May it stir faith in your spirit and hope in your soul. If there is any way we can help you as a local church, then don't hesitate to reach out to us by contacting us at hello at resurgentchurch.ca. Follow us on social media to get the latest happenings in the life of our church. And be sure to also check out our website at resurgent.church.